Hey Rebels, my name is Matthew Barton. Welcome to the Rebellion Brewing Podcast. When you think of great leaders in history, who comes to mind? When you are asked to identify the hallmarks of a great leader, what attributes do they possess? One of my favorite stories about leadership involves Alexander the Great. When he was on campaign marching across the continent with his army, he visited each city as a powerful conqueror. At each stop, he sought out the supplication and praise from the local statesmen and thought leaders. One of the men Alexander was determined to talk to was the famous and infamous Diogenes. By all accounts, Diogenes was a wise and insightful thinker. But he was also an eccentric kook with a caustic wit. He lived in a barrel, forsaking material possessions, wearing only a robe if he cared to wear it that day. He was known to troll Plato's lectures by sitting in the front row and pooping himself. When Alexander the Great stood before Diogenes, he asked the old man if there was anything the mighty Alexander could do for him, and Diogenes simply said, Stop standing in my son. Alexander laughed and said, if he could be anyone, he would be Diogenes. And the old coot responded by saying that if he were Alexander, he too would wish he were Diogenes. Imagine the kind of ego one has when they call themselves the great. When you've conquered the world and killed all your enemies, and you are literally the most powerful person in the world, what kind of ego do you have? How would you respond to Diogenes? It was reported that Alexander himself laughed and praised Diogenes for his insight and for giving him a sense of humility. So what was the point of my story? It's, it's my way of saying I think good leaders listen to people who disagree with them. Good leaders don't surround themselves solely with people ready to kiss their ass. That's why today's guest is so important. I don't think great leaders are born. I think they're made. Linda Allen Hardesty is a leadership and business development coach in Regina, working behind the scenes to help build great leaders. After seeing her work with our team, I'm a true believer. So let's get into it. Linda, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Matt. Thank you for asking me to be here. How's your day going? <laughs> well, it's going even better now after I listened to that fantastic story of Alexander <laughs> the Great. Love your analogy. Have you heard that one before? No, but you, you know, I've heard people talk about egos and, you know, how those are tempered and managed. I, I just love the connection that you that you made to how he saw opportunity in someone else. <laughs> <laughs> to help our audience kind of understand who you are and what you do, can you give me like the, the elevator pitch of what you do? I help leaders, Matt, be more effective in their business and their personal life. Growth happens both. So I walk shoulder to shoulder with a leader at any given time in their career. 
what is what, what does that even mean? Uh, it's kind of abstract even now. I've gone through the process with you, kind of doing some leadership training on my own with you, but I realize that it could might it might mean something different for each person. Mm-hmm. I think it does. I do think that really does mean something different to everybody. When I work with a leader, I'm there to really bring out the the ultimate best in them. I do believe people have the answer in them. And the effectiveness, I think, of a great coach is what the leader is able to do after they've finished working with a coach, after they finished the last session. They really, yeah, I think they're able to take more action and they're just a little bit more clear about what they what they want to do or can do. It's it, uh, having a coach is a very personal, personalized vehicle. I'd say to get better. Circling back to my original question, when I said, "What do you think are the hallmarks of a great leader?" Mm-hmm. What does Linda Allen Hardesty think makes a great leader? The hallmarks of a great leader, gosh, in my experience, one of the greatest hallmarks is someone who is open and willing to learn. If she and he can do that, they will make it. That openness, I think now we're really referring a lot of it to vulnerability, uh, being able to be open and honest about what you know, what you don't know, and how you want to find that out. And quite often it's how you're coming across to people and talking with your team and business partners. But if they, that hallmark is that open and willingness to learn, that really is the foundation to any successful leader I've worked with. If they're not willing to learn, they're kind of just going to crash and burn. We won't be working together very long because they would have no need for a coach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I I actually did have someone. uh, We didn't continue the coaching relationship very early in one of our sessions. He said, well, aren't you supposed to tell me what to do? You're the leadership coach. And, you know, we, he really couldn't get that, that image out of his mind. So we weren't really a good match to, to what he wanted in development and really what I had to offer and what I value in coaching. From my personal experience, I felt it was less about you telling me to do X, Y, Z and more of you asking me very pointed questions. Yes. I'm glad that you felt that way. And by me asking you a question, what did that allow you to do? I think when you asked me the questions, it forced me to be mindful. Ah, <laughs> you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. We all wear a mask, you know, we, we behave a certain way when we're in front of people. And when you can lift the mask, you see all the warts and scars underneath. And it's right, kind of right. realizing, uh, okay, these are my flaws and overcoming them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a, a great share that that you had there, and I think that's great for anyone who's listening about that. And 
I think uh, hopefully I was able to ask you questions that maybe nobody else would have asked you. And when you take the time to really think about that, quite often that's what I find when I'm working with leaders. I'll ask them a question um, that no one else has ever asked them or sat quietly to listen to what their response might be. And it's a very, like it's a private confidential space for people to really think out loud. Sometimes when people hear themselves say something, they then have their own answer. <laughs> how do you, how do you get into the world of coaching? I love asking other coaches that question too, because everyone comes at it from a different path. It's so fantastic, Matt. I, it's everyone comes at it from a completely different roadmap or chapter. For me, I had my very first leadership coach was probably 20 years ago. And that, that experience and process just, it just never left me how fantastic it was. And it was her really powerful questions that really enabled me to get at the heart of what I wanted to do. And so I think experiencing one got me there. Um, and then my uh, husband had a few businesses. So I always would watch uh, what he did with the business and the types of conversations that he'd be having with his partners. And I just learned a lot about how to run a business. And I also learned a lot about um, the value of having a coach for people when they're in a business. And I just started to see, I think I could really, this might be something to do. And when I first started the work, I was consulting and doing strategic planning and different things for organizations. And at the end of, of the work, you know, we'd hand off the strategic plan and, and then the leader would always keep talking to me and say, okay, so this is what I tried. And, and uh, you know, this person's not actually responding or doing the work and this isn't really working. How do you think I can get them? So they just started to ask me, they just started a relationship with me that, and I was told that I was a really good listener. So that just made me think, hmm, well, you know what, maybe, maybe there is something here for me. And I do remember what it was like to have a coach. So I, I took a program uh, to learn how to become a coach and uh, got my professional designation because I think it's really important to, you know, have the credential and, the, you know, the right learning behind you. And I, yeah, so that's, that's how I got here. Yeah, that's how I became someone who coaches. There's kind of a lot to unpack there. I'm not sure where to start, but I kind of think back to um, the what's in it for me, the why mm -hmm. care proposition. When a leader is looking for maybe help from somebody like you what gets them to care enough to call you wow what a great question what gets them enough i should actually ask them that <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know quite often i will get an email from someone that says i got your name from someone told me i need to talk to linda allen hardesty that's often where it begins to be honest yeah, someone talking to someone else about how they grew their business, how things were going, how they got there. So word of mouth, I think, in referral is quite often how it happens, which is kind of, yeah, I actually really like that because then it's other people 
And then by the time someone calls me, they're interested enough to go, hmm, what'd you do? Maybe I need, maybe I could do that too. <laughs> I think a lot about um, circling back to what you also said was about how to motivate people when you say what the work is. I think, and maybe you can correct me, but I think leaders help motivate or make their people great. And I I don't know how to articulate that question properly, but it's I see that kind of through your work. You're helping people motivate others. Hmm. Yes, and you know, I think why that sometimes happens, Matt, is when when people grow in their self-confidence, they just feel more uh, confident in themselves. Then there's so much, it's so much easier and more fun and effective to motivate the people around you. I think if you actually have that confidence and it's amazing how many leaders that we see and know of or experience who look like they've got their act together, they look like they're really confident because that's what they want you to see. But often inside, you know, a leader, him or herself often has that imposter syndrome. Like, do I know what I'm doing? Really? Yeah. I, I had uh, a leader the other day say, uh, you know, I, right now I'm just, I, I fake it till I make it. And I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? She said, well, I just follow my gut and I do it. I don't really know. I don't know if I'm doing it right, but right now things have just been so challenging right now providing the services in her organization because of pandemic so for her um interesting she's running a great organization like she's doing a great job um but still wondering inside hmm am i you know how am i doing and i, I had someone else today say the very same thing i think i'm doing the right thing but i, I don't really know it's and i think that you know having a a leadership coach with you, you could talk aloud about, about why you're even asking that question. What is it about that, that you want to look at or talk about? Cause chances are nobody else, nobody else in his leader's life is interested in that or asking them that question. Leadership can be one of the most lonely experiences of all time. That's one thing I've noticed. Why? I think almost what you just said a little bit, I think some leaders want to really project. I'm follow me. I'll lead you here. It's going to be okay. You know, they have a bit of a, a shield up, I think. Um, and, or, and, or they don't feel that they can maybe be open and honest with their staff to say, I'm struggling too, which ironically could be some of the best things you could do because, uh, people who see their leaders as a real human, that they are like me, that they're finding this time during the pandemic hard too, can actually really increase the motivation of your staff. But I think that's, that's a lot of it. And, you know, leaders also deal with a lot of confidential information too, that, you know, you don't want to just talk to anybody about it. Uh, so it's a very, and sometimes leaders have to make decisions that aren't popular and might not be loved by everybody. And some that, that, that just goes with the territory. And so I think for all those reasons, the, the sense of loneliness and not having someone to bounce ideas off from or to evaluate options before you take 
action. Some people have business partners um, and some don't. So I, I think for that reason, it could be super, super lonely, which is also one of the reasons I chair a business peer group as well, which uh, brings CEOs and leaders together to have some of those conversations. So I think it's a combination of all of that. And it's not right nor wrong, no judgment with that. I, I just think that's the situation a lot of people find themselves in, especially if they're running a department or, or a company. So that's the reality. When people work with you or they go to this peer group, what are they telling you they're taking away from it? Hmm. What I hear them say is like being in the, the Tech Canada peer group, you know, and which also I also do coaching with them too. But it gives what they say is it gives them a chance to step away from the day to day and the craziness of what they're doing, the analogy of putting your oxygen mask on first when you're on an airplane before you can help someone else, that's what they get from a peer group. That's what they get from coaching. It really does give them that chance to, to really focus on themselves, feed themselves, take that strategic view. And in the peer group to get an, on, an unbiased questions and suggestions for a group of people who have no skin in the game for them other than they want them to be successful. So those are the people that can ask you questions that maybe nobody in your life would ever want to ask you, but how powerful it can be when someone asks you a question, like, if you don't resolve this in six months, what's going to happen? How many hours in a day are you spending worrying about this? How much is this costing you? What's, what's, get, what, what's one of the reasons why you haven't resolved it yet? What really bothers you about this? How are you sleeping at night? There are things that we as, as humans and especially people in leadership roles, that's the reality. That's the reality. Hearing you say that, um, it, I want to circle back to the vulnerable uh, comment you made, the seeing your leader as a human. Um, I can speak with my own personal experience. When I see Mark taking bullets for me, taking the flack that would be flying at my head and, you know, probably leave a crater. I'm, I'm like, I want to run through the next wall as hard as I can. He's like, okay, we're going to climb that wall. We're going to run through it. And it's because I knew he was willing to take a couple shots for me that I want to run that much harder, that much faster. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of comes from the work he's done with you, but it took a long time for me to understand he was taking bullets <laughs> You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, what a great way to phrase it, Matt. Yeah, and you know, what a great example of, of uh, like I said, you know, earlier, um, a great leader is someone who's open to learn. You've got that in your, in your, uh, the president there, Rebellion Mark, he's just, he's always open to think about something out loud and learn and, and do that. And I would, I would think just the example that you gave of how committed he is to you and your success, you, you probably have a lot of trust, a lot of trust, a lot of, a uh, lot of, a uh, lot of collateral there built with Mark, as you know what he will do, but yeah, he would be an example of, um, of a leader who is, who is open and that's what makes him so good. So effective at what he's doing. 
one of the other pieces that I was thinking about this morning on my drive into the office that I wanted to ask you about was um, how leaders kind of sell themselves. They sell an identity. And they were talking uh, on this podcast. I was listening to it on the drive-in. This got me kick-started. They were saying there's people like P.T. Barnum, who's a leader, who could lead people and inspire them and was a showman and sold this idea of who he was. And then they look at leaders like Obama, who mm. sold okay. an idea, sold an image, um, and the parameters in which he did it, um, like a, a very corporate, very staid, very laid back, I'm in control of everything kind of mode. They always pitched him as cool as a cucumber and they said they had to do that because his name was weird. Because his name <laughs> was Barack and his last name was Obama. They said they had to really pitch to the public. He's got his, his poop in a group. He's not going to go goofy. And they said that Trump mined the P.T. Barnum vein of the American psyche where he's like, I'm a, the greatest showman. I'm the greatest in the world. And then I think to... Mark's analogy for WWE, where he has this personality, the way people see him as the showman. And once I understood WWE was his analogy for big, brash, bold, colorful, and seeing how he, he builds that idea and uses it as part of a leadership tool, I wanted to ask you, do you work with leaders on helping them build that persona or do some just naturally have it or is it not even part of the calculus? Sorry, that's a multi-part question. <laughs> uh, I can unpack that though. That was, that was great. You know, it depends if that's what that leader wants. And sometimes they'll come, they'll start working with me with a very clear outcome in mind that it might be wanting to improve their, brand reputation or, um, to want to be, I mean, I, I'm just working, you know, I've worked with people who've also said, I, I really want more staff to be open and honest with me. I get the feeling that because of my title, people, they don't, they don't talk to me like they used to when I was, you know, one of them, now that I'm one of the senior leaders, they, I just don't feel like they're talking to me anymore. So for that, when leaders in those situations, I'll talk to them about what is it about your approachability that you think has changed or what would you rather it be or what's going on there. So I think it depends. But the other thing that can happen um, is sometimes leaders will realize through coaching that maybe they aren't perceived in the way that they want. They might not realize they have um, a problem with what they'd rather be until it until it comes out. So I think that's a two-part question. If people come with a very particular outcome in mind, yeah, I, th I think working with a coach could be a great thing to help get there. But it also will expose some of that self-awareness and you might realize that there's um, something else. But I think more and more and more, especially with the, new gener the next generation of employees and the next generation of leaders coming out, they want to work with real humans. They want to know that their leader is approachable and is like me, but at the same time, they want that leader to make things great for them, to take care of their needs, to chart the path. So, I mean, that's a lot of leaders just love that. It's, that's, it's a lot of fun, but it also, it's quite daunting. 
is there a generational difference in leadership? <laughs> or are we all human? Oh, like part, I want to ask you that question. I want to ask other people that question. What a great conversation to have over a rebellion beer, don't you think? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there is a, I think there is a little bit because um, I think, yeah, because generations want different things out of out of a status like out of a work experience, for example. So they're probably looking for a leader that's going to meet the needs that maybe you know the Gen X has had a different need. For their leader what it was like to be an employee but um i do i do think that we as a society put an awful lot of pressure on people in leadership roles a lot and i'm i'm not always sure that our needs need to be met by others all the time but i think there is a, a real high expectation that leaders lead and deliver i think there is a lot of that and sometimes when we see examples of uh, famous, well-known people in leadership roles who are narcissistic, ineffective, I don't like to say the T word, but we all know the, such a great example of what not to do. I, I think that those types of deficits really increase the, the desperation and the cry that people want really effective people to be to be their leaders and you know the you know kids that we have in school right now pretty soon are going to be in leadership roles that's the pipeline into the next leadership so I always like to follow what's going on in the school system and what you know kids going into university are thinking and what's important to them and how they function because really Matt those are that's our next leader as they grow up in their in their life <laughs> I, I, I think about uh, what our coaching did for some of my parenting tactics or uh, even negotiating some stuff with my wife about maybe how we parent our children. And, and I was like, this is, this is really good stuff. This is getting me yeah. the outcomes that feel fair and that I want. And I was like, damn, I wish I could apply this even more to my work. <laughs> hey are you having like coaching conversations with your kids are you are you using a an op like a coaching question to chat with them right now maybe this is a little bit complicated but to say but with my oldest we talk about uh, emotional regulation but at mm, a level mm -hmm. he can understand so we say things like is this the appropriate response to this crisis or problem like he forgot his homework assignment at school so he couldn't do it how much emotion do you need to invest in this what are the options or solutions we can come to to solve this problem nice is it worth mm -hmm. crying over or is it just email the teacher let her know so you can have some grace going forward and what i've noticed with him more recently in the last few months is he will identify his frustrations or his emotions and begin proposing solutions rather than being locked in a tailspin of frustration and to me that feels like 
finally some some success. Yeah, I just want to give you a virtual high five through the podcast. Way to go, Dad! <laughs> I give most of the credit to my wife. Yeah, well, way to go! Yeah, you'll have to. Well, uh, good. Yeah, she sounds like she's just absolutely awesome there. Well, and that's a great example because what you're doing is teaching him to solve his problem by himself the next time when you or your wife aren't in the room to ask him. So same thing. You believe he's got the capability to learn. And you want him to make those types of, and understand himself when you're not around to ask him that question. So, yeah, that's great. And there is a, um, a, a lot more of a trend in, in the field of education to have more coaching type conversations instead of counselor type conversations. I mean, high schools still have guidance counselors, for example, but I think that's even starting to shift away to have more coaches to really help teenagers really work through such challenges on their own and create those skills to make better decisions. So I do think what a great world if we even had more coaching conversations like everywhere, it would, that would really, I think, shift so many, so many things. I know you can't for privacy reasons, name names or name companies, but is there a person or a business that, stands out in your mind as a, a particularly fine example of someone who's worked with you and found mm -hmm. the benefits that they desired? Well, thanks for mentioning confidentiality. That's really important because even the examples that I shared with you came from real clients and quite often the ones I shared with you, I've heard from several several leaders. So that's really important, but I can share, I, I think too, because they either put a testimonial on my website with their name or uh, they mentioned me in a, in another podcast or an article. So I can speak to two of them. Um, I think uh, Thomas Benjo, who's the CEO and president of H FHQ developments. He did a leadership podcast last month. Uh, with uh, Gare Maxwell for Tech Canada. And at the end of his podcast, he spoke about what it was like to have a coach and to have a peer group. And he's running a great company and he's got great staff and having great success. And he works hard at that. I mean, whenever someone has a great company, it's not like it just fell in their lap. That's because they've they've worked hard and, and uh, probably had some hills and valleys along the way to get there. So he speaks really openly about how he uses coaching and, and the peer group um, to make his leadership strong. Uh, the other person, there was a recent article, uh, Judith Farisek, who's the executive director of Redana Downtown Business Improvement District. I believe she said um, coaching really helps her slow down to think through the, the process to make better decisions as, as a leader. And so it's difficult to see all the inner workings of what she does, but she is, she has tremendous success, especially during this pandemic in supporting all those businesses in downtown Regina with what they need to survive and thrive through the pandemic. And I know it was her and her team and her board of directors who did so much to, you know, keep Regina downtown knitted and threaded together during the pandemic and some really have thrived behind that. And so I think she would tell you um, that that's what a coaching process and even having a peer group has done, has done for her. And, you know, both those people I just mentioned to you, they have quite a public profile. 
in what they do. So um, they would be, you know, and other leaders I work with don't have as much as a public profile. No one would ever really know who they are or what they do. It's a little bit more um, subtle, but in people like that, and I appreciate them, you know, speaking openly on social media and interviews about what coaching has done for them. And I very, very uh, fortunate to be able to support and work with two people like that. And I think even Mark, like I, Mark is someone who's also been very, very open about the work that we've done together. And it's, it's just a great opportunity that he brought me in to work with the rebellion team and to spend a bit of time in your inside world to figure out how you pull off all the fantastic, cool stuff that you do. Um, it's that you guys work hard. I mean, it's a great fun process, but you are working, working, working. So hard. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you brought up Thomas and Judith. Um, yeah, such a small world. They, they are both past guests of the podcast. (gasps) No way. Cool. Well, you had two cool people there for sure. And Thomas was just helping us out with an upcoming beer that we have going. I was looking for artists to contract to help us with artwork for a new beer coming out featuring Northern ingredients harvested by First Nations companies up north. And uh, Thomas was a part of that. Oh, that's fantastic. Awesome. Such a small world. Awesome. It is. Isn't that great? It is a small world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I look for, I look forward to tasting that beer and seeing the fantastic indigenous artwork. That's going to be awesome. And I love Rebellion. You you do so much of that. I just have to give all I have to give Rebellion a plug about how uh how you lead that and how you're so uh committed to and intertwined with the community. You're you're so much more than beer. I I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking um, shamelessly, I would ask you to say, uh, reflect upon when you're working with our team, is it vastly different from a leadership coaching piece to work with a team or is it much the same? Yeah, I could ask you the same question. Uh, I think there's some similarities, but there's some differences too. Yeah, I think in working with a team, um, you know, one of the things I always really, uh, the philosophy that I have is to always ask people, what can you achieve as a team that you can't achieve as a group of individuals? And that's, those are, those things are really different. So often in one-to-one coaching, um, I'm helping you work on something specific that you need to do that you want to do or you want to feel differently about for the greater good of the team quite often, but it's a very, you know, what's your takeaway? What's your key action item out of this? It's very individually focused and work with the team. I'm able to see maybe some of the dynamics between people or departments, uh, you know, some of the work that we did together, I was able to, you know, hopefully give everyone a chance to say, so to ask each other questions and, what is it that you do really well together? What do you want to start to do together that you're not doing? You know, those types of things. So then to get people to think, um, how can we be better as a team instead of a group of individuals? It can be a really big, juicy, fun topic to really explore. 
<laughs> if I learned anything from 2020, I would say that I think my team can take a punch. You know, mm-hmm. our, uh, we can tuck our chins and we got a couple cracked ribs, but we can really take a punch and roll with it because COVID sucked. <laughs> but really, after your leadership sessions, that which just happened a few weeks ago, right now the team really feels electric. Like we're waiting for the vaccine to roll out. We're we're ready to launch new products. We we're just so sick of winter, <laughs> and I can yeah. just feel that my team. It's like horses pulling, champing at the bit, pulling on the reins. They just want to run, and we just have to like wait a tiny bit longer. And we're just Oh, it's like just the pressure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy to hear that. And I, I would, I would suspect that that electric feeling you have is because you spent the time to talk about what's important between all of you. And often teams don't take the time to do that. And we need that thinking time. We need to hear from each other. We need to have conversation and debate. And that is valuable work. Sometimes people think, oh, I don't have time because I'm too busy doing. Well, what you all did, which was really so fantastic, is you took, you know, quite a few hours and spent some time together to let's just, let's talk about all this. And yeah, it's it's really needed work. And so the fact that you get that energy from each other means there's just so much further greatness from all of you. Yeah, you're pretty tough. You You, you got some cracked ribs. You are very... The word resilient is used an awful lot, but you, you totally are. And um, there's, you know, other business owners I work with who are, they're getting ready to pounce. Like they are getting ready for when the restrictions start to lift and we can go back to doing some things the way we used to. And I think, I think that toughness that you have, if there's another wave or if we get back to normal, but not completely normal, that's going to serve you well. Like you already have the muscle to to do whatever you're going to need to do with what's ahead now none of us know that's the crazy part we're living in the great unknown right now and we can only do what's within our influence and control that's all we got if someone's thinking about leadership coaching what's one freebie they can take away from this podcast that you'd leave them with hmm, a freebie uh well, I'll, I'll offer something from Tasha Yurek, who has done a lot of research on self-awareness in Denver, Colorado, about five years ago. She said, here's the question, don't ask yourself why, ask yourself what. What can I do? What might explain this? What can I think about coming up? So ask yourself a what question rather than a why? Because why makes us work look backward? If we're driving in a car, we're constantly looking in the rearview mirror, we're going to crash. But asking what looks down the road, you're looking at the, the end of your car down the road, what's next? What can I learn from this? What can I do differently tomorrow? So that's the freebie. Look down the road, look ahead, ask yourself what. If a business leader or somebody who is looking to build their leadership credentials, uh, wants to learn from you or get in touch with you, what can they do? 
they can send me a text um, or they just go to Alan Hardesty Leadership Group com. The contact information is up there, but I'm, I'm finding more and more people are just sending me a text in this day. Texting is so much easier to say, hi, this is me. I'd like to talk to you about coaching. Perfect. I think that's probably the best, the best way to do it. <laughs> I will say as a full-throated endorsement, Linda did not pay to come on this podcast. This was me having gone through some leadership training saying, Linda, please, come on my podcast and share some of your good knowledge with my audience. So Linda, thank you for your time today. Matt, thank you. I enjoyed this. And this is the first podcast I participated on. So thank you so much for asking me. It's been a great experience. Hopefully not the last podcast you ever do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And great working with you. All the best on your leadership journey, Matt. Cheers. Rebels, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, be sure to join us on our brand new Facebook group page, The Rebellion Brewing Podcast. I'm going to include links in the show notes so you can find Linda Allen Hardesty and her group online. I'm also proud to let you know that we're members of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. It's a one-stop shop for tons of locally produced shows from across our province. You can find them at saskpodcastnetwork.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped so you don't miss out on the latest in Sask craft beer news. Thank you for joining the Rebellion. Thank you.